This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, Goodwin starts cutting the squad at relegated United, and Tony could be just what the doc ordered for D. Hello, and welcome to this week's summer edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie. Podcasting alongside me this week are Alan Temple. Hello. Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. And George Cran. Hello. So, that's it. Season's over. Nothing to talk about. Let's all go home. <laughs> or, or to a pub. It's been a quiet week, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah no, nothing doing. Nothing doing at United, Alan. Half the yeah, squad. that sounds great to me. <laughs> <laughs> Half the squad's gone and they're finally confirmed as championship favourites for next season. Yeah, half the squad gone is probably an exaggeration, but it might be it might be what they need, to be honest. Um, I'm talking about it's... half the squad. Quarter of the squad knows it, and half the squad's about to find out in the yeah, next few weeks. That, that, that might be the case, yeah. I mean, there was that sense of inevitability we did on the last episode, effectively do their relegation post-mortem, yeah. because it was all but confirmed in such dismal fashion with that result against Kilmarnock, the game against... Motherwell was um, same old, same old in terms of yeah. defensive failings, but they were quite good going forward. Um, mm-hmm. United did actually create a fair few chances, and it was a I mean, not that it'll be much solace to anyone of a Arab persuasion, but I mean, it was an entertaining game, really, really enjoyable way to bring the curtain down in the season. And yeah, as you say, it just um, confirms everything we, we already knew they were going down and the rebuild starts um, in terms of we knew obviously Jamie McGrath and Loic Aina would go back to the parent clubs but Ryan Edwards, Peter Pollitt, Liam Smith and Ian Harks um, all leaving and obviously it's a, a dire way for their United careers to end but um, and there's always recency bias and anger and things like that but those are four players with uh, well upwards of I think 500 combined appearances for the club so hopefully in the fullness of time you know it'll be recognised that they were good players good servants for United and although it didn't end uh, the way they wanted to it's you know hopefully that angle will will assuage slightly because it was a a really poor campaign but you know they're (laughs) not all of a sudden terrible footballers or terrible people sometimes that sometimes things can just spiral and and each of them have Dundee United careers that they really you know they they can be proud of but there needed to be that change that will just be the start of the change um Dundee United's last you know published accounts June 2022 before a lot of these players were signed was already at 5.9 million pounds um that is not manageable in the championship um doing a and doing a little bit of digging you know, finances and things like that. Yesterday, I was looking at the last championship campaign that wasn't affected by COVID for Dundee United, and the turnover for that campaign was £3.1 million. So the maths don't add up. Dundee yeah. United don't need to move, you know, they'll need to make moves, they'll need to get people out, they'll need to try and get transfer fees in, and they'll need to rebuild their squad. So, um, although we're in that kind of fallow period where it doesn't maybe sound like a lot is happening, I can assure you lots and lots and lots is happening. That rebuild, rebuild pardon, will have started already. And um, it'll be fascinating to see what gets done because there is so much juggling to be done. There are so mm-hmm. many financial challenges to be tackled and a really interesting, I, I'm, I'm loath to call it exciting because it's not a position anyone would have wanted it to be, but it will certainly be a fascinating summer ahead. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the list of departures of the players who were, you know, under contract to United permanently. Any real surprise, very different reasons for them leaving on top of relegation, but would you say any great surprise? Uh, no, uh, would probably be the short answer. I, there are cases that could be made for if perhaps... Peter had been inclined to take a, a pay-as-you-play deal. There, yeah. there might have been an argument for that on a modest salary. And likewise, Liam Smith is a, is a, is a top professional with a, a lot of versatility and not on a huge wage. But 
Um, I suspect Liam might have fancied a change. Um, mm-hmm. He's been at United for a while. Um, he's not a local lad, so I think he might have uh, options. Um, you know, perhaps closer to the to the central belt, whether that's east or west. So um, they'd be, become uh, a bit they of a squad have, player. Eh? Yeah, so you know, you know, he might have fancied a, a fresh. And, and personally, this is just my opinion. I think he's a really, really unfair scapegoat for a lot of uh-huh, the United's uh-huh. poor performances over the last two years. I think he gets a lot of unfair stick. Didn't have a great season this season, along with a lot of other players. But I, I think for some reason, I think he can be um, unfairly pinpointed at, at certain times. And if he fancies a change, I absolutely would not blame him. And in terms of Ian Harks and Ryan Edwards. Um, I think they would be, you know, Ryan clearly didn't have a good season and mm-hmm. probably have moved on anyway, but they are also on, uh, you know, a, a couple of the higher salaries at the club. So that that is just a no-brainer. That frankly, there could be even better players than them out of contract and would probably have been released if it had made financial sense. So, so that's going to be the... There's going to be a lot of footballing decisions made, but there's going to be a lot of financial yeah. decisions made as well. Looking at, looking at it from the, the outside, Alan, I mean, my my perception, more like looking with punter's eyes, would be Edwards paid the price. Harks, he was close to going last summer. There was uncertainty over it. And I just wonder if it was more his decision than United's decision, although financially he would be on good money as well. I think it's probably safe to say that all four of those players would be reasonably content to uh, look for pastures new. Um, That that would probably be fair to say. I think, you know, there's been a a lot of people in that squad that have felt bruised and battered and like it's not been a great season. And, uh, you know, a change is as good as a rest for a lot of players. And I, I think there'll be a few there that are maybe thinking look for something a wee, a wee bit different next season because I know this will sound this will sound callous as well but it's not intended to a lot of this squad had no intention of playing in the championship and I know mm-hmm. a lot of people will say that well they're the ones that have took, taken them to the championship yeah. so they shouldn't be snobby about then having to battle back but, but players it's always not are a lot of, yeah, <laughs> it's never, it's never one good. player's fault exactly and, and players are all incredibly cognizant that they have maybe 14 years at their at their very best to um, make the most of their career and make the most money as possible for their families that is uh, that is not being callous or shallow that is that is life um you know everyone has a career focus like that they just happen to have a 14 year window in which to do it you could argue so yeah. um th- there might be a lot of those players that are thinking not because they don't fancy a scrap not because they're cowards not because they're bailing out on the ship but because they were promised a club that could challenge in the top six of the Premiership, and that is not what they've been delivered, regardless of how much blame they must take personally within that. So I think it'll be fascinating to see who does put their hand up and say, you know, please, you know, maybe invite offers for me. I'd, I'd like to go somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. I think not only is, is Jim Goodwin making out that, you know, there's perhaps some, you know, he's just being a reasonable manager. I think there's also an element of he is acutely aware that he needs some players to do that because, um, as I've outlined with those two figures that I mentioned earlier, the the light, you know, what the wage bill is probably around about now compared to what the turnover will be in the championship, the maths do not work. They'll they'll something needs to be Indeed. flipped and changed. Otherwise, Mark Ogren is filling um, a big old hole from his, his pocket again. I mean, bear pushing the money. Part aside, because you used to see my expenses, and you know, <laughs> adding up was never a strength of mine. Um, although always unrealistic, the errors were always on the high side, I have to say. But new manager, players out of contact, even if in terms of quality, he's getting like for like Jim Goodwin, he'll know that sometimes, as Alan says, a fresh start's good. I think it is. I think it is. I mean, I can remember. Dundee being relegated way back in 2005 and Jim Duffy was the manager and a lot of that squad remained at Dens Park for the following season whether that be because they were still in contract or not but it just didn't work you know because there'd been a a team there'd been a team who had been losing games and that's what United have got to get a team now suddenly switch it switch the mentality to a team that's going to be winning games in that championship and 
sometimes you carry that hangover into the, mm-hmm. into, the into the championship, and it's difficult to get going again. I think. Just think, I should have asked George that question. Yes, yeah. he's our as, as the Dundee correspondent. He's our <laughs> relegation yeah. hangover yeah, expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But uh, I think you think they've done the easy part has been done. The players that have been released, it's never easy releasing players and players leaving the club. But the more difficult discussions have discussions have still to take place. The guys yeah. who are in contract, who they really have to get off that wage bill if they are going to freshen up that that squad and, and build a squad that is capable of bouncing back at the first attempt, and that is going to be really really difficult. Tom, um, there's going to be some hard hard talks over over the course of the summer, and it's something that uh, the board and Jim Goodwin have got to get their head around because I'm sure. Well, one or two, you would you would think. Uh, We've mentioned, you've already mentioned a lot of them won't be wanting to play in the championship for a mm-hmm. start. Um, and some of them, will, you would think, will get clubs, I'm talking about the likes, will get clubs on a comparable salary, if not a better salary, than what they're on at the moment. Yeah. Guys like Aziz Behic, you would you would expect yeah. to pick up something. And maybe Dylan Levitt, you would expect possibly to get someone. But there are a few others may find that, well, they'll get other clubs it may not be on the lucrative salary they're mm. on at this point in time. And how do you get somebody to move? How do you get them to move office to, to take a, and effectively take a wage cut? There could be a bit of, you know, a bit of sort of bargaining going on where United may still have to pick up some of the wages of these players who they want out the door, which is always a hard thing to do. So, yeah, a lot of hard discussions to take place over the next few weeks. The Machiavellian side of me, um, you've mentioned Behic and Levitt and there'll be a couple of others that other clubs might be sniffing about anyway. Who does Jim Goodwin want to knock his door and say, I think I can find another club, can I go? Who's Jim Goodwin going to go? Hooray! Well, <laughs> like, it's like, you know, in any business... That was a question yeah. for all the panel. <laughs> right. it's like, in any business, when you're trying to make cuts, and United, as Alan has pointed out, the last time they were in three point. 3.2 million or whatever it was. I mean, they just simply cannot afford to have that sort of loss, but they still have to put a team on the park yeah. that is capable of bouncing back because the nightmare gets even bigger if you don't get out of the first attempt. That's that's the problem they face. So where do, where do they go with that, with, with, the, with the players they've got? What you want is, anybody looking at it, you look at the salaries, Tom, and you look who's, mm-hmm. who's earning the most money. <laughs> And you're hoping that they will be willing to to move on, but you know it's, it's it's going to be really it's going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough. But I do think they will get there. Unfortunately, Jim Goodwin is now obviously taking a, a well deserved break after what's happened over the, over the course of the season. I'm sure he might still be working behind the scenes, but over the next couple of weeks, things might be a bit quiet. Certainly for us at the newspaper, yeah. there'll be things going on behind the scenes. I'm sure. Punters but, never realise mobile phones mean that managers might be yeah. sitting on a sun lounger, but they spend, they spend most of that time on their phone. But Jim Goodwin will like things yeah. to happen very quickly after that so that he can build the squad. United will be playing in, in the League Cup sections. I think it's, George, I mean, it's, it's mid-July, isn't yeah, it? July, it yeah, July 15th, I think. So he'll have to, he's been looking to put a team on the park, uh, uh, you know, by that point in time. Pre-season or be yeah. one? Two exactly. And, two so, and a half weeks, three weeks. So he'll want things right. to happen quickly, but unfortunately, that may not be the case. That may not be the case. And yes. George Bears Bears given a very eloquent answer there about the theory and the generality, if you like. And Alan's got to speak to these guys <laughs> features uh, for online and for the papers. I want names. Who does Jim Goodwin want to knock at the store and say, I'll go? <laughs> I completely avoided that. <laughs> I think that was a bit, I'm not giving you any clues, George, but I think that was a bit of a goalkeeper's union from Bairdia. Yeah, it's better. To be frank, I mean, he dropped a goalie for the last two games. Uh, they'll be He's, looking for a new goalie. It's, uh, yeah. I think it's pretty obvious. Um, I, I honestly think anyone who chaps in his door and asks to go might be welcomed. You'll have to consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anybody that's done enough this season to to warrant um, indispensable status? That I'm not sure. Fletcher, you'd want to keep in a footballing sense, but financially, that's a different conversation completely, isn't it? If literally anybody in that squad, other than Craig Sibbald, was to say, I want to go, I would be inclined to let them because yeah. everyone else, pretty much everyone else, either fits into one of two categories, which is 
being paid premiership wages or didn't perform to high enough standard mm-hmm. last season. There's nobody other than Craig Zibbald that doesn't fit into one of those two categories. He is the archetype of what a Dundee United getting out the championship player should probably be. He's a hard-working, diligent professional on a wage that, uh, you know, Dundee United can can cope with. It's, it's, he, to be honest, he's the, you know, he should have been the archetype in terms of their recruitment last summer, but they've gone and tried to get all mm-hmm. Hollywood and it's been a disaster. So it's, yeah, you could... Pinpointing individuals is, it's not that anyone doesn't want to do it, it's, it's just unnecessarily cruel. But <laughs> you could, you literally could, um, you could point out one of anyone and whether it's for financial reasons or for performance reasons, they could not argue with, with being on on that list. But it's, uh, Goodwin's made it clear, he, he will welcome anyone that wants to yeah. leave because... Mm-hmm. Um, because he, you know, he wants a club that are, he wants players that are enthusiastic and yeah, passionate about the the opportunity to win a championship title with Dundee United, and there will be plenty of pros out there that fancy that challenge. It's, uh, I don't think it might not be the most attractive situation in the world if you were pitched European football and top six finishes. However. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a whole other tier of player out there, very very capable footballers, for whom getting the chance to play for Dundee United and challenge for a title, yeah. and then perhaps yeah. perhaps if you make yourself a, a key man, one hundred percent. There you go. You, all of a sudden, you could be a key man in a Dundee United side that's just been promoted to the Premiership. So there will be a lot of players out there that that fancy that, but there just needs to be some. Um, <laughs> rearranging of things mm-hmm. uh, before before that can that can really happen. Yeah, you'd would keep the the young lads. You'd think because they'd be, I'd think you could sell them. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'd be on on relatively low wages, and, and they've quite a few of them have shown that they're capable. Yeah, um, I think I'm sure Ross Graham would be okay in the, in the championship. I know he's not had the best of seasons, but he, he was good in previous seasons. I think Kai Fotheringham's looked okay, hasn't he? Alan, I think he looks like yeah, he'd be he's been quite capable in the championship. My only Guys fear like is, that. my only, yeah, my only fear is that they see one or two of these kids as uh, immediate saleable assets, which young yeah, players can be yeah. to to clubs down in England. It's um, you know, the Rory McLeod that gives me the fear a wee bit. I think yeah. Rory would hugely benefit from a season of the championship because, in my in my view, playing. 30 games the season uh, in a season for uh, the championship is probably where Rory should be. He shouldn't have been mm. pitched into playing up front in a premiership relegation battle. He should be at a formative stage in his, his career. So I think he would really benefit from a, a season in the championship as like a a starting player. But yeah, I do have my fears in terms of it. I think he would still be seen as a saleable asset. But I, I absolutely agree with George. If I'm if I was building this Dundee United squad from the ground up, um I would be looking at guys like um, Rory McLeod, uh, Matthew Cujo, Kai Fotheringham, even down into, you've got Chris Mockery, Archie hmm. Mikkelsen, Ross Graham, Flynn Duffy. There is a, a core there of boys that you wouldn't start every week, but they can be your depth. They can be... Energy. Fo- footballers. Yeah, and then, and then you add... Your senior pros to that, and mm-hmm. you start to build a squad. That's what that's what a Dundee United squad should look like. You know, that's that's what sustainable football clubs are supposed to be. You know, your mm-hmm. your core of, of senior pros, and then rely on your youngsters. But um, they somewhat got away from that last season, to to say the least. And uh, there's a lot of those boys that have done really well out on loan. Um, you know, you've seen the way that you know Kai Fotheringham's come back from Sterling Albion and done absolutely fine. There's no reason why Chris Mockery can't come back for winning a league title with Dunfermline and do fine. And as I say, there are there are. I think Archie Meekson's a, a fabulous young footballer. Yeah, I think he's, uh, you know, providing he comes back from his injury, should play more next season. And I'm absolutely not trying to convince Dundee United fans that are that are rightfully angry and disenchanted oh, yeah. that everything will be fine and this will well, be when, a good when, thing. When we talk about but, all these young players, you do think, how how did it come to this? There's so much well, talent the, here. 
Yeah, well, that's the that's the positive that's the the positive aspect. If you are going to dig in for a positive one, and it's not to be patronising, but maybe this can be a rebuild. Maybe this mm-hmm. can be a chance for Dundee United fans to go to Tannadice on a Saturday and see some young, talented boys that they actually identify with, that are hard running, um, supplemented with senior pros that are knocking their pan in for three points. Mm-hmm. And after the way that the last season went, and the amount of sort of meek surrenders and performances that was just lacking in gumption maybe that'll be something that in a perverse way even if it is championship football fans can can enjoy and get on board with you know in some ways men is it a test of uh, the owner's deep how deep his pockets are and also that side of the club's nerve and that you could take the gamble really back your manager get five or six season pros Maybe in a year's time you're promoted and then you get better money if you keep the young players now because they've they've got talent, they've got energy, they've got hunger. And if you get the balance right and and they have a really good season in Mm -hmm. the championship and they're they're always going to have to sell. There's not that, but it's a big big call to say we're we're definitely going to get promoted and in a year's time three of them might move down south for six figures more than they're moving this summer mm. if clubs come in for them. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, the owner has already shown he's got deep pockets. Yeah. I mean, Mark Morgan has, has pumped in millions to the club. Um, I still think the biggest the biggest job that they've got is you're talking about all these good youngsters and oh, there's some terrific young players there supplementing them with five or six senior pros but how do you need to go and get these senior pros? Are, yeah. they, are they getting? How do they? How do they do that? Is the owner going to sanction signings when they've still got trying to get guys off the books that they don't know where they're going to go? I'm sure Jim Goodwin may want to keep some of the senior pros who are already there, but uh, I mean, for a, uh, it just strikes me for a start. I mean, there's going to be competition, and there's a team across the road, absolutely, in a in a league above, and they're not worried about having to keep players because almost everyone was out of contract. Yeah, and it's also the case that players don't wait. I mean, unless the the players at United are going to be looking at will be getting offers elsewhere. If United are basically saying, look, we'd like to sign you, but... You're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait for a few weeks. Players just don't wait. And there's there's other clubs in the championship as well, Tam. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the likes of Dunfermline and that who know they're, well, they've done really well in League One and James McPake has done a terrific job there. He knows... That to get them where he wants it, maybe he's looking need, for one or two rather need, than five yeah. or six. Yeah, so it's, it's 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 the big. How do we get these players out of the club to bring new players in? But that's what United need to be. United need to be a lean, mean fighting machine if they're going to get out that that championship. Um, that's the model. A few a few senior pros, you know, but, but all these sort of top young players they've got. Um, but it is we see the championship at these neck of the woods all too often and it does become a grind and you need to have mm-hmm. players with the right mentality to get yourself through that you know and, and, and be prepared to go for the entire distance very few teams United did it the last time we've got to see under Robbie Hearts have done it under Robbie as well where they've yeah. basically run away with it I don't see that happening next season so you've got to have this, the score mm. there with, with, a, with the stiffness to do it I, don't I do. See, I don't I see do, it happening. Is, is, is the biggest, is the, the, the biggest positive of the past week at Tannadice, the news, that Jim Goodwin's there for the next two years at least? Oh, I mean, for and, certainly. And, and yeah. You tend to think... We did speak about this he, last he's week. He's got that we, yeah. bit of experience now. He's had his bad time at Aberdeen. He had a good time at St Myrna and Allah. But also, will he have more influence than recent United managers? Because, and, and I'm not having a go at the guy, but Tony Ashgar isn't there. Tony Ashgar's job was to get involved in that side. Now, you just get the vibe that Jim Goodwin has more of a say in who's coming in, what type of player's going to be signed. And I see that as a positive because I, I do like him as a manager. Oh, yeah, well, oh I mean, thanks for backing me up there, guys. Well, I thought <laughs> I was going to Alan on the delay, so... I was just I was just waiting to find out who you were asking the question to, Tom. I'm the one in the room with you, remember? No, it, was, it was another rambling rant. <laughs> right, okay, very good. Uh, well, I, I would, no, you're, you're, you're right, and I think um, 
stability is key. Um, I'm not going to pretend that if you were to call this uh, last couple of months Jim Goodwin's audition for the job on a longer-term basis, let's not pretend he passed it with flying colours. The post-split fixtures were a disaster. So, mm-hmm. that's, um, However, they're a disaster... You know, it's, he served up a kind of disastrous meal, but with ingredients that oh, somebody else picked for him, and they were all rotten. Kind of, if you were to use that as a metaphor, so it's it's not his fault as such. But you know, he, he didn't do a great job um, in in the aftermath of that split. But what he did do is he brought um, leadership. He brought a comprehension of what's gone wrong. He's very very forthright in dealing with people, and I think that will be incredibly useful because as you say it's a club that currently doesn't have a sporting director they don't have a financial director and they need a manager who can they also you know have a recruitment department that's responsible for the recruitment that just got them yeah. uh, relegated there so they, what they do need is a manager that comes in with his own ideas his own experience of building a squad without too much oversight which he did at Aloha and I think he is as good uh, an appointment as is out there for for Dundee United. So, but most of all, I just think that stability is key because whether they would uh, publicly say so or not, um, footballers are massively affected by uncertainty. This is their yeah. livelihoods, and the fact that these players have played under three different managers in one season they will tell you privately that that has been incredibly difficult. Uh, it's, it's different managers with different ideas on how to set up, different ideas on how to work with them, different ideas of which players they really like, for example. And that all plays on, on footballers' minds. It's not been a good situation. And stability going into next season, particularly when we... God, how, much, how many things have we spoken about that need fixed? Yeah. I, imagine, you were also, imagine you were also looking for a manager right now. <laughs> It's it, it doesn't it doesn't bear thinking about. So it's the right decision, but let's not let's not kid ourselves that the pressure won't be on. Obviously, Jim starting next season, they'll, they'll need to hit the ground running. They'll be expected to be at the top end of the table, and if not, then punters will inevitably start going. Well, we saw this coming. We, you know, we we lost all five post split games and conceded mm-hmm. twelve goals. So now the reality, a, the reality is, is it not that basically he signed a two year contract, but. You'll only have a two years, two years minimum at Tannadice if he gets promoted, because you would think he wouldn't survive an unsuccessful campaign next year. Although I have to yeah, say, of I'm course, confident for United. Yeah, I, I, I admire your your confidence, considering I've got it's absolutely no idea faith. what. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got no idea what the team will look like, or or what the team will be shaped up as, or who will still be there, who will be gone. So I've for, no idea for why, you I, to, why I feel to, so confident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, for for you to be pitching a, a, a runaway title win on June first, I, I admire that. Optimism. No pressure, Jim. Yeah. I, I, I think it'll be. Much much harder than that. I have to say, I, I know people look at the championship this past season and, and look at the points totals and stuff and say it's been a poor season. But I, I, I think it's been harder than uh, than it looks. Uh, there's quite a few good teams in there. Queens Park are going to be stronger. Whoever their manager is going to be, as you said, the Fairman are coming up. Uh, you might have Ross County coming down. Games tonight. Yeah, that, if that if gives, not, Partick looks strong. That. That gives me the fear a wee bit, the, the concept yeah. of Ross County coming yeah. down, George. It's, it's because we know from um, his, you know history and that Roy will put his hand in his pocket to get out of that division. And if they do go down, I don't think Roy McGregor's going to let his club wallow in the championship for long. I think mm-hmm. they will put a real concerted push. And they have been sensible enough to have a squad that, should they go down, a lot of players will go down with it. Um, you know, they'll either leave the club or they are the type of boys that are conditioned to get them back up from the championship. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would worry about them, and I would also slightly worry about Wraith Rovers because yeah, they are the Josh Mullen and Jack Hamilton are fabulous championship signings. Mm-hmm. That is two of the the most that is one of the most reliable deliverers of a football and one of the most reliable converters of chances at that level. Um, that, that that are out there, so um, I think they're doing some really interesting things. And I, I know the guys that have taken over there a wee bit, and they're they're good, competent people. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I would be expecting Wraith Rovers to be right up challenging for the playoff positions as well. So I, 
I suspect it will be another battle, and I actually think the levels of that division might rise a little bit when you look at mm-hmm. Dunfermline coming up to replace Hamilton, for example. I, I think the levels are going to. Yeah. I think the levels are going to rise. Even, I don't even think Morton as well. Obviously, uh, Dougie Emery improved towards the end of the season. Morton, they'll, they'll, be, they'll mount yeah. a challenge. And well. if if Ross County win the playoff, you've got a Partick Thistle side that are also rejuvenated under Chris Doolan and, and look pretty good. I mean, that, that yeah. it's going to be an absolute I'm glad Dundee aren't in that division, George. <laughs> I, I have to say, Dunfermline, Morton, Partick Thistle, whether they're in the mix for promotion, mm-hmm. whoever's the, take, say, whoever the top two are at the end of next season will not take maximum points at those mm-hmm. grounds. No. Yeah. And that's what no. I always... That was my fear about Dundee not getting up, was if Dunfermline and Falkirk were promoted... It's two places where you wouldn't expect to take maximum sure. points over a season yeah. when, you, when you're visiting because they're, t- they're always tough places yeah. to go, whatever their situation. But Gary Boyer always said, right from the, the start, he said, this, this is going to go right to the wire. And I kept saying, we don't want that. We want to be by the end of the season, you know, when you're coming in, in the final straight, five or six points ahead and make it easy for yourself. But he was absolutely spot on. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he knew it was going to go right to the wire, <laughs> yeah. you know, the second 45 minutes of the last game. Effectively, but that's that's you can see it being the same next season, Tom. Just as competitive, yeah. I have to say, I do still I stand by it. I think it is a league you can run away with, but but I think if if we were to look at it sort of forensically, every time a team has won that league by a big margin, they've basically won the league by October. Yeah, yeah. if you've not got that gap by after the first couple of months or three months, it's going to be a dogfight for the rest yeah. of it. That I think you have to start well get a gap because then especially if you're one of the bigger names like again one thing in United's favour if they're five points ahead in October other teams are worried mm-hmm. because they're like how, how do we and, and we saw, saw even what got Dundee through in the end was they had the biggest squad and that Absolutely. other teams were getting hurt at various times but Dundee could bring people in and hopefully that'll be a strength for the United mm-hmm. next season and, that, well that's what they'll, they'll hope the benefit is of, of keeping Jim Goodwin as the man in the hot seat because obviously he's been at United for the past few months yeah. and knows exactly where the issues are and what needs to be fixed. It's Dundee last year had a new manager in place who'd never managed in, or never competed in, in Scottish football at all. So he was learning on the job, learning who his players were, who who he preferred and, and systems and countless subs, if you ask Dundee fans. Yes. Um, and that, hurt, that hurt Dundee early on. And that's talk, what I mean. We're talking yeah. about United yeah. having to be prepared for this very, yeah. very quickly. So they're, Jim Goodwin they're, will know that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That, I think that's that, the, the that's why it's a great yeah. appointment, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, because you'd hope that well, he'll he'll know exactly on the first day of the season whose best team is and how they're going to work and how they're going to attack the championship. Good stuff. Moving over the road. It's been quiet, hasn't it? A manager. <laughs> last a manager. And I have to say, guys... I was sitting in a well-known coffee shop where they shout out your name. So don't give a girl's name. I gave a girl's <laughs> name the first time I went there and they shouted out and I had to go up. But that's a different story <laughs> for you a different fool, time. You <laughs> but, um, what were you wearing? When I was... <laughs> a dress, of course, George. Yeah. But I got a message saying Tony, Tony Doherty is uh, the new Dundee manager. And I actually gasped out loud. Came out as a four-letter word, I have to say. But <laughs> pulled a rabbit out of the hat, as they say there, George. Yeah, and, and I don't think anyone saw it coming, really. It was um, there was all sorts of rumours flying around, and, and I didn't hear Tony Doherty's name. No, I never heard his once. name mentioned it until I got my fair play to, to Dundee and to Tony Doherty for, for you know keeping it under the radar mm-hmm. the way they did. Although he was sitting at the playoff, I, I do have to say, if it come out Kissel. before Kilmarnock had played their final league game against Ross County, yeah. it might not have been a good place for him to be at Rugby Park. <laughs> well, <laughs> did you see that Derek McInnes sent Doc to, to yeah, watch Spartan Thistle later on the Friday night? No, yeah, well, they were possibly going for a playoff, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I was kept incredibly quiet, which mm. is no use for us in newspapers. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, mm. we like a wee leak here and there. That's no yeah. good. Uh, well, that, well done. yeah, you'd think possibly with it was such a, a kind of surprise of announcement that it might have might have come out at some point just to yeah gauge what the the and of course it would have been the case that he may not have been appointed had things yeah going well pear shaped for Kilmarnock last weekend and you know well, they, if they were still in the playoffs yeah, yeah that yeah. would have been so we've just been twirling our thumbs here and, um, but I think it's interesting I'm, I'm really 
Maybe they just slid an envelope <laughs> under Dell's door at Rugby Park saying, here, my notes, my, my notes on Partick Thistle, bye. <laughs> I, th I think it's, it could be really interesting to see. I want to see how, how he sets his team up. Obviously, he's got a lot of work to do this this summer. If things have started in terms of contracts, players yeah. leaving and players getting new deals. Uh, there's a, It's a big job for your first job, but... You can see why I have to say, an ambitious way, manager my, would want my, it. My outpouring in the coffee shop was one of joy. Because, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I, I mean, everyone you speak to speaks so highly of him as a coach. So it's interesting to see how he makes that step to becoming a manager because obviously it's a different different kettle of fish uh, from being an assistant. But, but it used to be that. The, the, the two ways to become a manager used to be, and I've harped on about this before, used to be go to a small club and be manager or join the coaching staff yeah. mm -hmm. of a club, learn your trade. I mean... Was done that? Archie, and, uh -huh. Archie Knox worked for Dundee, went back to being Fergie's number two mm -hmm. in another, and was Archie was the best number two in world football, mm -hmm. but worked. Look around. Peter Houston stepped yeah. up at Dundee United. Steve Clark, long-time assistant yeah. manager yeah. and coach. And I mean, honestly, maybe this is just me, but... If I was sitting, and, and for all the criticism I've had of them in the past, well done to John Nelms and in particular Gordon Strachan, but if I was sitting in the boardroom and I don't know how it came about, but if it came about with Tony Doherty phoning me, I'd have said, well, I'm not interviewing anyone yeah. else. Was it, was it an oversight by us then? Not, not just us, but every, all, you know, newspapers and journals and Scottish journalists, that th his th name didn't actually crop yeah. up. I, th I think it I was... would guess clubs, <laughs> cl clubs needing a manager and media for a few years now because we've all thought that yeah. he wasn't going to leave exactly. their side. Yeah. I think yeah. that was the assumption that he'd been a, an assistant so long, I think 16 years he'd been an mm -hmm. assistant manager, that that's that's his position, that's, that's, that's his lane, he's not going to move. But obviously he, he has other ideas, he's got ambitions and, and sees the job at Dundee as... I mean, it is a it is a great job to start with. I mean, you're oh, premiership yeah. premiership club. You get to build your own squad. You get to show what you can really do as a manager. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. As I say, there's so much still to happen. See who you can get in the door. I started with majority. If I was sitting in the boardroom as well, it, it'd be one of these mixed emotion things that I can't. We can't not go for this guy, such as his pedigree mm. and the level he's worked at, and who he's worked with. Gordon Strachan, Ian McCall, Derek McInnes for such a long time. But you will still have those butterflies going, what if it turns out he's not a manager? Yeah. He's a great assistant manager. But I just... I just There's only one way to find out, to be honest, isn't there? For him. Certainly. Yeah. Go for it. And I think Dun Dundee's the perfect size of club for him. Well, I'm sure, I'm, well. sure, I'm sure he's seen what's been made of it so far, Tom. And there has been... A f overall, the, the, you know, it has been... The, uh, the reaction has been positive but there has been one or two sceptics just for that very very point yeah. he hasn't been a manager can he finally take that step and you know do it in the hot seat you know where the pressure is on everybody's looking at you to produce and uh, I think that'll spur him on I think that'll be a spur for him you know just mm -hmm. to just say yes I can I, I, it's just, it's just the, the, the modern world modern football we'll all love a big name a big <laughs> story and, and again uh, no, no disrespect to him whatsoever, but folk, folk would have been, the fans would have been shouting from the rooftops if it was Charlie Adam. <laughs> Charlie Adam's barely been a coach, <laughs> never mind a manager, you know what I mean? And I, that's not a go, no. look at Frank Lampard, yeah. Stephen Gerrard. I've now had big failures on, I've got big failures on their CV because it was there were big names who went straight into management almost. Yeah. And you just think... Go and, go and learn your trade. Yeah. Well, the great thing about Tony Doherty, he knows the Scottish game inside out. I'm pretty Aye. sure he knows the Dundee team. Yeah. Aye, well, inside he's out. He's lived he up here for place. years, so yeah. Yeah. He'll realise where their strengths yeah. lie. He'll realise where their weaknesses lie. He knows the job that he's been handed. It's not to get them into the top six, although that would be fantastic. It's to keep them in the Premiership. That's his job. He's already... Preferably before the last day. Yeah, yeah. But he's... He did it with Kilmarnock along, along with Derek McInnes. He's just done that. So he knows what it takes. Mm. He knows that Dundee, as we've always said, they need to beef himself up a wee bit physically in the top flight. Some some players have already left. 
there's others that, you know, I'm sure there may be more leaving because the contracts, you know, have to be discussed. So it may mm-hmm. be the case that, you know, th- those talks don't go well and players think they're worth more than the, the Dundee are prepared to pay. So there may be more leave. But I'm sure that he's also already made made a start on, you know, earmarking several players that he yeah. wants to bring in. I mean, bring you in again here, Alan. Jim Goodwin would love to be sitting at Tannadice just now with a number of players not in contact simply because he can let you decide who you want who you don't want yeah it's not me taking a swipe at anyone at united any of the playing squad but yeah you're absolutely right just because every manager wants their squad they want their Mm -hmm. squad of their built in their own image from top to bottom and that is why it's i I totally agree with you in terms of how exciting it is for for tony doherty dundee's not the perfect job for for several reasons however it is undoubtedly an exciting one because you're Just in the as top well, flight. He's not in the room. <laughs> <laughs> but you are, you're you're in the top flight, and you've got a completely blank slate to build your squad. And if you're going into your first ever managerial role, you do you want it to be your squad? Mm. You want, whether it's whether you fail or whether you succeed, you want it to be done on your terms mm. rather than thinking to yourself, "Oh, there's a couple of boys that let me down there," and. They wouldn't have been for me, you know. Mm, you know, yeah. it's 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 a it's a good. And I think whether whether people are positive about it or whether they're negative about it, I think it's coming from the exact same place, which is a place of complete uncertainty. Which is again, from from my perspective, totally neutral on this. I, I think it's really exciting because how often do we see the same faces on the managerial merry go round, and yeah. you can decide whether exactly. you think you decide whether you think they'll be successful by drawing on their previous work as managers. Who did they sign? How did they play? We're looking at Tony Doherty and I've got no idea what profile of player he'll sign. I've got no idea what shape he prefers. Does he like attacking football? Does he like mm-hmm. spring and counterattacks? Mm-hmm. But you can you can take a punt on, you know, based on Dell's teams. But at the same time, I don't think that's for sure because I've known a lot of coaches in my time and a lot of them had very different ideas to the person they worked for, but they were diligent assistants. So they 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 you know they put in place what their manager wanted. But in terms of what Tony Doherty's team is going to look like, what his profile of players is going to be, what his coaching staff is going to look like, it's all absolutely fascinating. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it pans yeah, out. Yeah, Alan makes a great point there. I mean, one of the sort of great long-term assistant managers that I knew through chart and he through choice he was an assistant manager, was John Blackley. And the way he worked with Paul Sturrock for many years at many clubs, and one of John's things was, John was the calm down man. <laughs> Lucky we'd be going, right, here we go, charge! And John was like, no, no, we need a centre-half. <laughs> That's what we're about. You know what I mean? So you don't know, you don't know what, what role... Uh, very often a manager picks an, an assistant manager for reasons like that, because they feel themselves that they're a bit too gung-ho hmm. or they're a bit too yeah. defensive and, and and they're getting a guy that's given them a slightly different opinion while they might have the same general philosophy and like you said you don't was Tony Doherty the, the man in the partnership who was going sign another striker sign another striker <laughs> or was he the man saying sign another defender and, and it's interesting and I, I always say Myself going back to when Peter Houston. If he's at Dundee, he's saying sign another striker and another defender. <laughs> another five. <laughs> when Peter Houston became uh, manager at United, he was slightly more positive than Craig Levine mm. when it came to subs. If it was 1 1 with 20 minutes to go, Craig would very often say, Well, it's 1 1 with 20 minutes to go, a point's a point, we'll take that. Peter was always the, the other way as a manager. When he became manager, mm. He said, "Let's go for it. Let's put the, let's put a striker on and try to win the game." So it, it is, as Alan says, it's it's exciting to see. But what excites me most, I think, we've got someone who's fresh to management, but who's learned their trade, and I, I do think could be quite exciting. Mm-hmm. No, I, I absolutely agree, and it's going to be a fresh. It's not like me to be excited. <laughs> this is like I'm like, Ooh, I'm, I'm rocking about in my chair and stuff. Is it, it's going to be a fresh Dundee squad as well. We've talked about this for for a while. Just yes, because a few have gone already, George. Yep, it's um, an odd way to say farewell to Paul McGowan. I have to say, um, <laughs> they eventually got hold of him, but. Um, he was always quite good at answering his phone to you, wasn't he? That's a surprise. <laughs> Occasionally, yeah. George um, used to be his one phone call going back to another time in his oh, career. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on quickly. 
Um, no, yeah, there's a bit of a change in terms of the the media side of things at, at Dundee at the moment. I think there's maybe some teeth and problems uh, possibly on that front, but they've they've seemed to have sorted it out. Um, so it's a shame to see Gowser go. That's nine years he was at Dundee. Um, I don't. I think doing his um, unveiling was possibly one of my first times I was allowed into Dunsbury. I think you dragged me in. Did I? Tom, I think you showed me the ropes that day. There are so many players and managers <laughs> who I can't remember that. It was the same day uh, Paul McGinn, I think, and Greg Stewart got announced. Same day. But anyway, it just shows you how, no, I how mean, long No, I remember, enough, I remember speaking to Paul McGinn, but I don't Well, know. maybe Stewart was a different day, but anyway, I, it's, it's kind of end of an era for Dundee. It's, it's not been elsewhere. I don't think he's everyone's cup of tea, but certainly at Dens Park, they, great servant to he's them. been brilliant. Um, and still, even at 35, nobody's figured out that wee turn that he does in the middle of the park. He's still, I'm sure he was still doing it for Dunfermline in the second half of the season, uh, twisting other midfielders up. Um, and he's just he's a big, big personality that will be a much quieter place, Dens Park, certainly. Um, and I'll have to find somebody new to do the, the really angry post-match yeah. uh, interviews <laughs> when they get beat. Um, but he did, he did have a huge and positive influence on the dressing room yeah. in his time at the incident. He was the one that they didn't get they didn't get too carried away. There was never a moment's peace when Paul no. get <laughs> winning or losing. There was never, never a moment's peace. He was always pointing the finger at somebody because he wanted them to do better. Yeah. He wanted them, mm-hmm. you, know, he, you know, he always wanted the team to improve. He, he set he set high standards on the park, you know, and even what always said to him, even when he wasn't playing his best, he was always a, a six or a seven when it came when we were doing the players' yeah. ratings because mm-hmm. he gave everything. Mm-hmm. You know, he gave every, every, everything that he had, and he was a, he was a shining example, you know, on the park of of you know what you can do with hard work and you know drive and determination, and that's why he was so well loved by by what the fans. Big growth, uh, say on his the rare days he was a four or a five. Yeah. He would still be saying to the oh yeah the man next to him if they were a four or a five. Hey, I'm not playing well, but neither are you. Yeah. You've got to go. And he, he, mm-hmm. he did that function brilliantly yeah, yeah, for them. He yeah. let people know that they had to do their jobs. You can always make a contribution. I think that's that's uh, what the resounding feature of it. Even if you're having a bad game, you can always make a contribution. We see so many players who are having a bad game who just don't want to be involved and mm. don't want to take the ball. And, you know, they'll just put it down a bit. But you can always do your best to stop your opponent and, and Paul McGowan certainly knew how to do that and he was and he was he still he had a, a great touch I mean I, I'm disappointed that he's, he, he didn't really get the send off that yeah. he yeah. probably deserved at Dens and the way things have come out this morning online was a bit sort of hash bash to say the least oh. um, hopefully at some point he will get back by another club and we can give him give him a, 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 an ovation that he, he merits and we heard through the season from Gary Boyer continually, he wasn't fit. You know whether that was the case, we'll never really know. But at 35, he still got something to offer the Scottish game, and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing. You know, certainly a championship level and mm-hmm. doing a job for somebody next season. Well, they said he was keen to yeah. stay at the Farmland where he spent the second half of last season. Obviously, with uh, James McPake yeah. building that team for the championship. Um, shame to see Paul McMullen mm-hmm. move on as well. He's, he's, he's form kind of tailed off at the end of last season, but. It, times in the first half of the season he was absolutely unplayable in the championship the hunt, didn't he? he was he was by far the best player uh, at times last season and i think it's a, it's making that step up to the the premiership he's not quite uh proved that yet in his career but the sheer pace of him i, mm-hmm. I, th- I always think that's an asset i think it's a shame to george i think in the last season at Danes, even in the premiership and he might have featured less but Players get stale. Certain players yeah. get stale. I think he, he needs, you know, a, a bit of a spark. I think going to another club will give him that spark. And he, yeah, certainly at championship level, he'd be a great, a great yeah. acquisition for someone. We certainly got offers in yeah. a way on the table, and that's not surprising. Yeah, and the other ones leaving. Jordan Marshall is always a player I, I've I've really liked. He's Queen of the South connections always helped in that, that front. He but, was uh, your favourite, George. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like an attacking fullback. Trouble with Queen of the South. Connection, George, where they didn't mean any trophies. <laughs> you won the Challenge Cup a couple of times. Come on. <laughs> I like Jordan Marshall as well. They had defensive issues, up I, and I, down, was, yeah. I would suggest. But he got forward, 
you know, he, he was good going forward, a great left foot, he had a wee twist and a turn. That, that maybe tells us something about Tony Dock, about th- how yeah, he sees his fullbacks. I, I think as well, though, he, he, Jordan Marshall has been not totally, his season wasn't totally curtailed by injury, but he has had injury yeah. issues in the past, so... You know, maybe they're looking for someone who is going to be available more often than not. Yeah, it's yeah. I just wonder whether that tells us a wee bit about how Tony Dockett's team will be. You're giving hints. He's got players lined up already. No, I'm just talking about John Marshall because he's very much an attacking fullback defensively. He needed help, I think, and to work certainly at Premiership level. Um, but going maybe forward, maybe the new manager's got a better attacking fullback. Well, maybe, maybe it does. It's a fair point. You've, you're labelling them on negative. No, I'm just... Yeah, wondering. He's not even had a training session at Dent. Having just sat through the season that I've sat through, I would thoroughly endorse getting some full-backs in that can stop crosses <laughs> because, uh, as a first priority. Yeah. Um, well, they've got Kamiker, who's obviously signed his uh, two-year extension um, in his testimonial year and Adam Langston's as well. I think those two um, hasn't been universal applause from the Dundee fans online, certainly. Um, but th- those, care. they're leaders in his limitations score. going forward. But Cammy Kerr's easily yeah. a Premier Division standard defender. Yeah, and he's. I'm sure he's and let's be honest, there's going to be quite a few games where Dundee have to defend next season. Yeah, and he's a player a manager's going to like. He yeah. runs all day, he'd be the fittest boy in the, in the squad. Yeah, we said that, didn't we? And we talked about Marcel and the fitness issues. And yeah. Cammy cares, you know, hardly, although he was out just towards the end of the season, but versatile, sure he can play on both sides. Yeah. You know, as Tom says, he is a defender. Let's be honest, when, when you're writing Cammy Kerr, it's def- Dundee defender Cammy Kerr. That's yeah. his job to yeah. defend. Not, I mean, we don't like a flying Brazilian right back who could go up and whip balls into the top corner and whip crosses in the left and centre. But if he was that, he wouldn't be playing for Dundee. And he would like to say as well, we're talking about Dundee and United have both now appointed managers that really know the Scottish game. Cammy Kerr knows the game. Go back for all it was defeat. Go back to the, the Friday night game I watched on the TV down at Capelo. Mm-hmm. The, the, the lad Quitongo was up against him. Cammy said, you want to go down outside? Go down yeah. outside. But when you try to cross it, but he had half a yard on him in yeah. his head because he knew what he knew the player, yeah. and that's it's great to have yeah. players that know Kami, their Kami's opponents. Kami's the sort of boy who's improved continually throughout his career. He's twenty-seven now. Yeah, he's, he's not. He, he learns all the time, he's his and he has now. got better yeah. defensively, and he has got better going forward. He has got much better on the ball. He's he's, mm-hmm. he's much more comfortable taking the ball in tight areas, you know, and and, and finding another blue shirt with it. So. Yeah, there's a lot to like about Kami Kerr. I'm delighted he's signed the two-year deal. And he, he and Adam Langston's are two of the th- three players that were in the leadership group, as they were called Leaders last season. Leaders on and off the park. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... They were possibly two of the easiest ones to get yeah. deals over the line, and, and obviously we're still to hear from, from quite a few others. Um, but Kami, I mean, you have to drag him out at the end park if, yeah. if he was going to leave, I think. Um, and Adam Langston's is somebody who's really made his home up here and he really enjoys it. What um, would you say as well about Kami Kerr? <laughs> just going back to Kami. Kami Kerr could make a lot more money. Yeah, he could. Moving, yeah. moving around. I'm sure he would get a club in England, mm-hmm. but he could, he could make a lot more money he's making at Dens, you know, so... Yeah, you're right, George, but I think we're, we're quite fortunate to have him. And I always feel you've, it's good to have a player in your team Dundee fans going, he's one of our own, and that's a bit, that could be a bit... And then overlook him, don't yeah. they? <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's it, is good, it, is, it is good to have somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at that United team that, that went back to the 80s that won the league. They had about half a dozen one of their yeah, ones yeah. in that team, and look what they did. You know, and that's, you know, you need a bit of that. People who know know what it's all about to, to pull on the jersey and what Some the fans Some of them expect. were Dundee fans when yeah. they were there's, <laughs> no. there's a few don't like that Unfortunately, unfortunately, all the Dundee players. Sorry, Holly. But it's a good thing to have in any <laughs> yeah. time. Ah, if it's, I mean, if you've got the right person, the right yep. attitude, the right ability, it does. Uh, the, the goalkeeping one interests me. Um, do you think Legsons has signed knowing he'll probably have a new arrival beside him and he'll have to fight for his place? I, I, th- Law- I think so, yeah. Lawler's gone. Yeah, I wasn't surprised. Ian Lawler did really well last season, I have to say. When he played, but he only played, I think, six or seven games yeah. that ended mm-hmm. up before he... he Unfortunately, yeah. he said on the post, and then Lexington's came in and has never really looked back. Um, 
I think he's he's been a really steady goalkeeper for for Dundee, and that might not seem like the hugest of praise, but when you look at the the goalkeeping, goalkeeping issues that across the road they've had yeah. this season, oh. I think. oh now you're naming names. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he, I think uh, he's thirty six. I think maybe thirty seven. Yeah. Um, he's still got a few, he's still, he's still, yeah, still got a few, still got, a few years yeah. left where you can still play play that in Premiership level. Hopefully but, but also they've got. I mean, I, I take. I mean, Harry Sharp is out of contract. He's not mentioned in the yeah. departures. That no, you I want mean, to keep him. I would think so as well, but I still believe this should. Be, he needs there, to play. There should be an keep. So you would get someone else in another experienced so. goalkeeper and get. I would get Harry out on loan. I would suggest. I that think so. Yeah. It'd be good to see him getting games. Yeah. I have to say. Because he started, he's shown he's yeah. got real potential as a, as a goalkeeper, and you don't want to let him go, but you want to get him games at the same time. And before we wrap up this week, and since we're praising Dundee, you see, <laughs> maybe not praise them for their week to week running of the uh, of the financial side of the business, but once again, they're they're back in a club yeah. when it needs. I mean, people have moaned. It's, it's maybe one of the things I haven't moaned about. People have moaned about, you know, they should have spent more on players last season and stuff like that. But they made a near nine hundred thousand pound loss. Yeah, you can you, you, now seeing the accounts come out this week, we could see why they were hesitant yeah. to to go throwing money around. Because um, the the previous accounts had been a a profit, a small profit through the pandemic, which was. All credit to them. Obviously, they had the big insurance payout, which, which helped. Um, but I think we're we're now seeing how much it cost Costs. the club coming out of the pandemic and the restrictions were still in place or lifting, and the struggles clubs clubs have had. Um, I think they're uh, in terms of staff cost went up about. Actually, I had the number here. I better check this before I go saying numbers. But it, it, there was a big increase. I've got 1.3 million their staff costs went up. Just that's shows backing. You. Yeah. And that's the thing we've always said on here about uh, whatever criticism, criticisms we have for the American owners. They've always backed the club. They've never walked away. They pick up the ball at the end of the day. Yeah. So, I mean, and yeah, I mean, people forget. I mean, we were at the forefront when the two administration periods started and the club almost went out of business. Mm -hmm. We've seen players walking down the road, players who had contracts, basically getting these contracts ripped up and not getting a wage. Players and staff. And staff as well, absolutely. Even in the days, in the times when it wasn't in the headlines that the crisis had come ahead, staff were, didn't know what day they were going to get paid yeah. on and stuff like that. And yeah. there's been a decade yeah. now that everyone... Yeah. I always go back to that. Uh, Tim Keyes has made sure that everyone is paid on time and mm -hmm. paid what they're due. And he deserves huge Did, credit. Uh, that. Because, to be honest... Yeah. His vision and dream for Dundee, yeah. he's still waiting for yeah. it to, to become reality. Yeah. But yeah. he's stuck by them. They have. And, you know, I always, always say to fans, they complain, get them, they're saying, get the Americans out here. I hear that continually. It's not from everybody. It's a minority who make the most noise. Get them out and get somebody else and they're going to do this and do that. Well, you know what? Who's going to pick up? a £900,000 loss for yeah. one season and there'll be a loss next season as well mm -hmm. from, from the accounts for this season you're guaranteed yeah. because they've had the biggest squad in that championship Yeah. so yeah uh, we would love them I think we would love them to all be a bit more vocal at times you know but that's just the way they go about their business and it mm -hmm. is their business I think what they have done over the last few seasons is made it very clear that the policy we have got to try and make a break-even policy so they're not going to spend hand over fist for anything. You know, they, they will spend, they will have a budget there that, as a competitive budget, but they're not going to go in yeah. and with millions. They're already millions in debt to, to you know, over the last few seasons. Mm -hmm. So uh, the club has been in a period of stability in terms of, you know, off the park, the way things have been run. On the part, there's been fluctuations up and down. Well, that's been Dundee. Let's hope that now they've got themselves back in the Premier League, there will be uh, th there will be a, a stability in that, and that will that will lead to you know bigger financial gains and going forward. And I just think that uh, White House spokesman Graham Finnan's yeah. uh, speech there is a great way to round <laughs> off this, this week's 
Vokies. I'll be, sitting, <laughs> I'll be sitting between John Nelms and Tim Keys in the first game of the season. Well done, Bear. <laughs> Great stuff, lads. Thank you. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice, or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.